The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. I'm a partner at Protus Global. Protus Global is a people solutions firm, and I focus primarily on adult consumables. I'm really happy here today. I'm actually having a conversation with someone I know something about and know a little bit about here, and that's great. My next guest is a well-known advocate and activist for the chronically ill, for people of color, for women, formerly incarcerated, and the LGBTQ community. She believes that the cannabis industry has a mandate to serve not only its customers and patients, but also the communities that have been most affected by the war on drugs. My guest today in high esteem, I welcome Christine Delarosa. Christine is the CEO and national co-founder at the People's Dispensary, and uh, which is awesome. And she secretly, well, not secretly, she's openly social equity panel member for Protus Global People Solutions. How are you, Christine? I'm good. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you again. Now, the last time I saw you, I said you were telling us a story that you were kind of held up in Texas at your parents' place. This yeah. was in the middle of the pandemic, the early stages of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, are you are you back? Are you back at home? Are you back you in California? <laughs> I am not back home yet. I am still in Texas. You know, we can't seem to get it together. Um, in both California and Texas, where we're seeing huge surges in the yeah. COVID-19. Yeah. And because I'm part of a vulnerable population, yes. the doctors are like, no, you absolutely may not get on a plane. And no, you may absolutely not drive cross-country and have to go to public restrooms. So, like, the answer is no. no. So I'm still here, <laughs> but I'm lucky that I have a great team yeah. on the West Coast that's definitely making it work. And so I do a lot of... Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah, I bet all day. I'm yes. sure. Evening also. I'm sure for you because you're you're a couple hours ahead of your California. I am. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. No, that's that's good. I'm looking forward to today. Now, did you grow up in Texas? Because I see you went to North Texas State up in Denton, Texas. Yep. I did grow up in Texas. I'm a Texas girl from the very yeah. beginning. Oh, that's great. Wait, around the Dallas Fort Worth area? Actually, I was born near San Antonio in Austin. So I'm, I'm in a little town named Seguin between those two cities. Um, and that's where I grew up. But all of my uh, college, um, when I went to college, I went to North Texas, so mm-hmm. in Dallas. And then I got my master's at the University of Texas at Dallas, also in Dallas. Yeah. I spent about 20 years in Dallas, actually. <laughs> uh, great. Are you in Seguin now? No, I'm in Austin. You're in Austin. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm from a little town called Giddings, Texas. I know Giddings, Texas. Do you? <laughs> I do. You know, I always make fun and tell people like, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, it's a place you've never heard of. That's where I'm from. I <laughs> do <laughs> <laughs> you know Giddings, Texas. Oh my God. And I know Seguin very well too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's really cool. My whole family lives in Seguin still. So I go down there pretty often to see them. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. That is that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, you started out your career. Now you got all of these associates, non-technical, uh, creative careers, uh, degrees, and and you you became this kick-ass tech person. Uh, tell us how that all came about, because you you were the yeah. real deal. Well, <laughs> so here's here's the here's the study of uh, mothers and daughters, right? My mother's okay. like really smart. My mother has degrees in maths, physics, and science, both okay. um, masters and bachelors. And she's like, you you would be a great business person. And I'm like, I am absolutely not a business person. I am an artiste. And so that's what I went to school for. <laughs> and so uh, my mother likes to remind me over and over again, like, so how's that artist stuff going along, businesswoman? And I'm like, yeah, mom, whatever. So. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to, t- to learn art. I wanted to learn humanities. I wanted to understand yeah. how everything was interconnected because everything sure. is interconnected. Music, art, business, um, cities, governments. So when I got my master's in humanities, it sort of put all that together and then found out that I just literally understood databases. I don't even know why. How did you get there? I, I connect the dots <laughs> for me. Sure. So <laughs> I am um, in my master's degree and I'm working for a school district in Dallas. Okay. And they needed traveling technicians. So they needed people who could be in a car and go from school to school and fix computers, put in a motherboard, put in, and they trained you how to do it. Right. And it was good money and it allowed me to have flexibility because I was going to school. Mm-hmm. And it was one hot Texas day. And you know how hot it gets in Texas. <laughs> yeah. And so we're moving one group of people to another campus. And this woman is standing in front of me, watching me huff and puff with sweat pouring down my face, carrying her computer. And I'm walking by her and she's got this rock, this uh-huh. giant rock so big. And I walk a by Texas, her. A real Texas-sized <laughs> rock. And um, I'm walking by her and just kind of like nonchalant and sarcastically, I'm like, how do I get to be standing there with somebody moving my computer? And she looked me straight up in the face and said, databases. And I had never heard that term. Just out of the blue? I mean, this person, you don't know her. You're you're really not liking her right now. (laughs) Right? And so I went home and I looked up databases. I'm like, what in the holy heck is that you can do that and have this big diamond ring and have me moving your computer? And so I started to read on databases and I really understood how these worked. And six months later, she hired me to work for her as a database administrator. Are you serious? I'm so serious. That's like a chance meeting that changed the whole trajectory of your life. That's right. And she taught me a lot. And within six months from the day she hired me, I started working for the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas as one of their database administrators. And that was the trajectory of my my career. Well, you're deep in it at that point. Yeah. You know, you know. So that is absolutely crazy yeah, that, that, that happened to you. Now, you traveled all over the place. I did. You became, you became quite the brand. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, there wasn't a lot of database. I mean, you have to remember, this is like mm-hmm. late 90s. Right. I mean, I got into technology to get to that job was because GTE, which is now Verizon, yeah. um, had released their internet service like AOL had and didn't bother to have a help desk. They released it, they sold a modem, and then nobody could figure out how to attach them. And so I was one of the first wave. They hired about 2,000 people to man help desks, and I was in that first wave. And mm-hmm. none of us had to know anything about computers, and we didn't. They trained us right there. So it was just a very 
wild time in tech at the time. It's very much the wild west, very much like cannabis is today. Yeah. I'm comfortable in it, you know, because I'm like, I've already been through this one time. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why you had the bug. You had to get back. Yep. But mm-hmm. uh, so did you did you feel like a pioneer? I did. I did. At the time, I was one of 11 people in the U.S. that did this particular database. 11. 11. What was it called? Rem- what was it Remedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Remedy the the database. Remedy, then now, it's, it no longer exists. It was bought out and integrated into the BMC software suite there um, you go. Like in 2000. Um, but back then, nobody knew anything about Like, they were just starting out. At the time when I was in the help desk and somebody would call me, <laughs> yeah, they would call me to help them get their Mac attack, you know, attached to the internet. We yeah. had yellow legal pads. That's how we took our tickets. Yellow legal pads. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. So if they called back, I had to go through my yellow legal pad. Like, I know I'm dating myself, but it always amazes me now. There's so much technology back then. I'm on a legal pad. You know, it's crazy. I mean, we're only talking 20 years ago. Yeah, but you, technology moves fast, man. <laughs> uh, exactly. It, it sounds like it's uh, cave, you know, down in the caveman era. But it's uh, it was only only twenty years ago when this yep. this thing was going going on. Now, so that that was part of your life, and you were living where at the time at, when that started to wind down. When I I was living in Dallas, um, and that, then. GTE got bought out by Verizon. and then Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Verizon Wireless, the mobile, the mobile boom. And then I started working for them as a consultant um, in Bedminster, New Jersey, actually. Now, did you travel all over the world or just the country? Just the country. Just Uh Canada. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, But they had hired me uh, because, to this day, I believe, uh, Verizon Wireless Help Desk is built on Remedy or now has been transitioned to the new BMC software. So I worked for them for quite some time. And then they transitioned me to California. That's how I got from Texas to California. Um, Cause I was out there as project managing one of their LTE products. Okay. Well, that, that is so interesting. You know how this, this young lady for Seguin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gets to become pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Um, from someone who knew nothing about the inside and the workings of a computer right. to a brand and uh, technology. I think that is pretty awesome. But it became the precursor of what's to come in your life. And, and we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we'll continue to discuss our discussion with Christine De La Rosa with the People's Dispensary. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by... Protus Global People Solutions. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. 
fetch your earbuds, and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. We're here today with uh, Christine De La Rosa, CEO and national co-founder at the People's Dispensary. And Christine and I have just been visiting. We know all these crazy places in Texas, I'm sure. And um, and I, I can mention some places she would know and, and she can mention some places I would know. But, you know, Christine, you actually... There's something that actually happened in your life that changed your life. It did. You had an event. You, you had an event, and and um, I, I uh, quite frankly, am close to what you're about to tell us. Okay. Yeah. So in 2007, I started getting sick. Yeah. Um, randomly, random things, and so I started to see doctors, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, and I ended up seeing. At that time, I was living in Dallas. By 2008, I was in California. And between those two states, I'd seen about 22 doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Um, And this was at the height of my career, my technology career. And um, I just kept going because I was, you know, very, very motivated. And I was like, yeah, you know, so what? This weird thing is happening. I mean, who cares, you know? And if you're a woman of color, you know that you work through pain. You work through whatever, you know? Um, And then on Thanksgiving Day in 2010, I am driving to go to have Thanksgiving dinner with family and friends. And I have a pulmonary embolism that almost ended my life. I am end up in the hospital. Um, for, I think it was five to six days. Where um, were you? Where were you? I was in Oakland. Okay. I was in Oakland and they Uh took the St. Rose hospital in Hayward. Okay. And I remember I was so annoyed by it. I was like, they'd taken four hours. They had done all these tests and I was just mad and I had missed Thanksgiving dinner. So I started getting ready. And my partner at the time was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I feel fine. I go, there's nothing wrong. It's totally fine. And the doctor came in and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm leaving. You've done the test. Who cares? And he's like, you almost died. You have a pulmonary embolism. You could still die. You're going to have to be here for a week at least. And I was just shocked. But it was this 
episode after seeing 22 doctors that yeah. they were finally able to say, you have lupus. Oh, lupus. And I yes. had no idea what that was. I was like, yeah. I'm looking on my phone. I'm like, the old phones, right? Because that's like 2010. And I'm trying to figure out what lupus is because I'm yeah. a researcher. And so... Um, yeah. It was scary what I found on the internet. Never diagnose yourself. You know, the internet's so scary. Um, but that was the, my my foray into this world um, for somebody who didn't like to take aspirin to now being given all of this medication to try to manage this disease that nobody really quite knows how to manage. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Lupus is different for every person that has it. Your symptoms are different. It's not yeah. like you have these particular things. Everybody's different. Um, and they put me over the course between 2010 and 2015, by the end of my time in synthetic medication world, um, wow. I was 11 pills a day to manage. 11 pills. pills a day. And five of those pills were opioids. Five. Oh my goodness. I had on any given day, tramadol, hydrocodone, hydromorphine, oxycontin, or fentanyl patches. Could you function in a normal no. way with all that medication? I ended up not working for five years because I was so sick. I could barely walk. I could barely sit. I could barely, like, it was just a hot mess. And so they kept giving me all this meds. Um, by 2012, I was going to the hospital once a month to get yeah. an infusion called Benlista, which mm-hmm. is a $14,000 infusion. Thank God I had medical and also that I was able to keep my medical after I had to leave my job because I could no longer do the job. That's great. Um, and so mm-hmm. I'm living this kind of half life. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much still in pain, just high and in pain. Um, And all of this done through medical doctors, like all of those happening through medical doctors. And so I thought to myself, uh, for some reason, big days are big for me. So like it was New Year's Day of 2015, I'm 45 years old. And I'm like, oh my God, if I get to be 60, so 15 years from now, how many pills will I take? a day and how many days will I lose to opioids to help with the pain that I'm experiencing? And the pain was severe. Like I had literally thought of committing suicide because then I called my mother that day. I called my mother. I said, mom, because I've never been suicidal. I said, right now I'm thinking that dying is better than to be in this pain. She was on a plane the next day. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, that yeah, is, it was that it's is very hard. And I think it's hard yeah. to understand with people who are in chronic pain, what that looks like. So I started doing research. What do I do? I do right. research. And I kept coming back to this thing, cannabis and CBD, cannabis and CBD. (laughs) And I didn't know a lot about it. So I started to do a lot of research and um, Mm. I decided, well, I'm high now. So let's go. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And so it took me about three months to find a regimen that I felt was working for me, which was cannabis and, and CBD combined. No, it's a blend. So the blend. So break it down, and you're curious enough. You know the answer to these questions. Yeah. Yeah, So why the blend better than all THC or all CBD? Why? So for me personally, Mm -hmm. um, I always like to say for me because everybody's body is different. um, Is that one of the things that pain does for you? If you have, even if you have just not not pain all the time, is that when Mm -hmm. you go to sleep, your body does not forget that you have pain. It's constantly telling you your knees hurting, your back swelling, your this is going, your brain, your body's telling your brain this, which means that you never get restful sleep. You never get restorative sleep because yeah. you're in pain. Yeah. So cannabis for me, the THC side of it, allowed for the pain to be so little 
that I was able to get restorative sleep so that the next day when I woke up, my pain wasn't as much until I was able to get restorative sleep every night and I didn't have pain at all. The CBD side. Interesting. The CBD side is one of the things that they're now thinking about what's going on is that we have an endocannabinoid system, just like Mm -hmm. we have an endocrine system. Mm -hmm. We have what are called CB1 and CB2 receptors, which manage anxiety, depression, pain, um, swelling, you know, inflammation. Mm -hmm. And they think that a lot of times people with chronic illness no longer create the cannabinoid that they need for their endocannabinoid system and that CBD replaces that. And so it begins to attach to the CB1 and the CB2 receptors. And this is why I always tell people who want to do CBD. There are some great things about CBD in which it's fast acting, like if you're taking a tincture or you're taking some type of edible. But to actually have really great results with CBD, it is a cumulative effect. You need to take it every single day Mm -hmm. so that it's building up on your CB1 and CB2 receptors so that you are also addressing the pain and the inflammation in that way. So these two things are why it works together. This is why when people are like, well, we, oh, you know, I don't want to do THC. That's totally fine. You don't have to. But here's why, if you're open to trying that, if you're somebody mm-hmm. who has, like my pain levels were in, on any given day between eight and nine, and that was with opioids. I don't have that pain anymore. <laughs> um, but because That's I do beautiful. Regimen. Yeah. And so I've been doing this regimen since 2015. Mm-hmm. It took me nine months to get off the 11 pills. I don't take any of those anymore. And I don't do an infusion either. So I have been pretty much in remission for lupus for the last five years, all on a cannabis CBD regimen. So do you think the cannabis CBD regimen uh, got you to remission faster? Yes. Well, I, I think it put me in remission. You think, think it put you? Faster. So the rebuilding yeah. of the CB1, CB2. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the idea that you could actually rest. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was taking the the big, we, we called it Plaquenil, but it's hydrochloroquine, which is what the president was saying. Everybody yeah, yeah. Take COVID, which was BS. Yeah. I used to take that every single day for five years and I never felt it helped me. It's a malaria drug that they have some, you know, does some good for, for lupus patients, but not really. I was yeah. also on gabapentin. I was on Lyrica. Sure. I was on like, it was just a lot of stuff. None of this made me feel better and none of it made me functional. I, I wasn't oh. able to function. Oh, that is that, that is tough. I'm I'm real familiar with it because as the people that I know, and then um, my, my wife actually has sarcoidosis, so oh, yeah. yeah, so you know immune uh, affecting uh, diseases, and and now folks, that explains why she hasn't left Texas because <laughs> she, she's high risk. Yeah. You are. If something could happen, it, yeah. could, it could have a really negative effect on your system. It could have a negative effect mm-hmm. on my system and anybody who has an autoimmune disease or yes. a chronic illness. And so I don't advocate that people should use THC if they're uncomfortable using it. something that I do, mm-hmm. um, and I do it at night mm-hmm. most of the times. Um, but I, I do advocate CBD pretty heavily because we've had such success, even just anecdotally with the people in my life. Because, you know, when I went to see I used to see my I had 12 doctors, and so I saw them every oh December. My. Oh, yeah. A nephrologist, a cardiologist, yeah. all the people. And I would see them every December unless there was an episode in the middle of the year. And when I went to them in December of 2015, all of my doctors were like, you look, because I, I wasn't walking with a cane. I didn't yeah. look fallow. I didn't look sick. They're like, you look fabulous. What are you doing? And I said, not taking any of the pills you prescribed me. That's what, that, I'm, that's doing. what I'm doing. Absolutely. Asked, what did you do? And I talked to them about <laughs> cannabis. And some of them thought I was insane. Yeah. And some of them thought, yes, this yes. is good. And so one of my, my primary care physician actually sent a lot of his patients to me 
um, who wanted to get off opioids and wanted to use an alternative. And so anecdotally, I've seen it really help people. Well, you know, that that is, man, what an interesting story. Um, I didn't know where it was quite going to take us, but um, I'm, I'm real excited for you. Uh, being yeah. in remission is a is a big deal. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break and we'll continue our discussions with Christine De La Rosa with the People's Dispensary. And Christine, when we get back, we're going to talk about the People's Dispensary uh, in big time. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah? Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. I'm here with Christine De La Rosa, CEO and national co-founder of the People's Dispensary. And uh, I tell you what. Christine, it's been terrific visiting with you today and, and you taking us all through your journey. It's interesting. And there's so much we could talk about. But I really want, you know, you we, we know now how you got uh, introduced and uh, into the cannabis and CBD space. And uh, now, how did the People's Dispensary come together and tell us all what is it? 
So the People's Dispensary came together from the informal market. So we started in the informal market um, okay. in Oakland. Uh, okay. When there was a special um, provision um, with the city that yes. allowed you to have a private collective, so you didn't have to be licensed in the medical days, and so we and I was I could have gone back to technology once I got better, yes. uh, but I was so angry that I had lost five years of my life to yeah. synthetic medication that I wanted to make sure that our people, black and brown people, who have been the most harmed, who have been propaganda to make us ashamed of a medicine that comes from our ancestors Mm -hmm. that we needed to really get that out there and help our people and help people of color, people who are veterans, Mm -hmm. people formerly incarcerated have access to medicine. And so I decided not to go back to technology, but instead to create this company that really we're for everybody, but we definitely center people of color. Like we definitely are that company um, because we have, we have, we need access to medicine. We don't almost have access to prescription medicine. And so that's how it came to be. And so I would say that we are both a company, a corporate company, but we're also a social enterprise because we really believe that cannabis itself has a multi-levels of healing communities, multi-levels from a personal, I'm sick kind of thing. Right. I was incarcerated for this thing that was being helpful for mm-hmm. people who are now coming out of the um the legal system out of the prison industrial complex going back into the world, their Mm -hmm. records have been expunged. So how do we utilize cannabis as a whole industry Mm -hmm. to really repair these harms and then also offer medicine to people who really, really need it like me? Christine, that is a big vision. And, and, you know, we met, you and I met talking about, right, social equity and you live it. On a on a daily basis, you're you're building a business around uh, healing. You really a specific part of this this nation, yeah. and and so I want to know about that journey from the perspective of what roadblocks are are put before you, right? That you have to figure a way around or over, et cetera. Tell me the journey. Yeah, I think the biggest roadblocks mm-hmm. were have been for me, of course, is raising capital. Yeah. So we raised capital from our community originally. Okay. So we did um, uh, basically a Reg CF, which is all like non-accredited investors with some accredited investors. Okay. And we were able to raise, raise a little bit over a million dollars. But when I okay. went out to go into the markets like VC, private equity, yeah. their idea was, and I think this is changing right now, um, but their I idea, think so. I remember people telling me, <laughs> Oh, we're not doing social welfare. Like that's social welfare. You're trying to help the community with cannabis. We're trying to make money. And I'm like, hey, you're going to make a lot of money if you support these communities because guess who your market is? Look at all of these big companies that are failing right now that did not take into consideration the people that actually made the cannabis market, meaning the consumers, which are mostly black and brown people. And because you ignored that market and tried to do the thing you always do when you do do companies is to go to the folks that you need to convert over, you're losing millions and millions of dollars to this informal market that I used to be in. And I know that because you did not consider the market. And so that has been the biggest, for me. Are they listening now, Christine? They are listening so hard right now. (laughs) There's a lot of folks that put their money into these companies that are losing money are now like, huh, remember that girl that was talking to us and I told Mm -hmm. her welfare? Um, So that has been the roadblock, but we're seeing this kind of open up. Um, I'm hoping that it will get better with time because what Mm -hmm. we found in this day and age is that um, we're a commodity and we're an essential business and we haven't lost money. We're, we're not failing. We did not close anything. We did not furlough anybody. 
Mm-hmm. At least my, I, I know that some of the big companies did, but my company didn't because right. there is a boon right now in the cannabis industry because it is medicinal. If you're trying to find holistic and they just put out a report where they yeah. think that cannabis might actually help um, with COVID. New York Times just wrote about it. Benzinga wrote about it and Israel yeah. wrote about it. And so you're starting to see the shift in maybe I was wrong to not consider an existing market. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, who's really making money is is folks like you and Chris Paul, folks that are very familiar with the informal consumer. Yeah. And you guys are doing it right. How are people finding out about what you're doing and and jumping on board or getting an opportunity to jump on board? Tell me that. How are they finding out? Usually um, it's through um, my speaking engagements where I've offered opportunities like this. So thank you very much, POTUS Global and Vern. Absolutely. Um, And then also uh, through our website, through our Mm -hmm. social media, um, we do a lot of work through that. And um, soon we'll be having a fairly big announcement for the next steps for the People's Dispensary. Um, And we have large emailing lists from all of our investors Mm -hmm. um, and for all of the people that follow us. So that's really how we get the information out. We do not have a PR firm that gets us into all these um, cannabis uh, uh, magazines and stuff, but we do it by word of mouth. We've always done it by word of mouth. Well, I hear about you all the time and people... Uh, all the time. I hear about you guys. You guys are doing some really good things, you and your partners. And and folks, the, her website is mytpd.com. Mm-hmm. And that is very important. They have a wonderful website, very informative website. And if you want to know more about what Christine and her partners are doing, Christine De La Rosa, CEO and national co-founder at the People's Dispensary, go to the website. What else would you suggest? How How can people, how would you suggest people reach out to you? They can just send an email to hello at mytpd.com and okay. all of them get to me. And that's how the, the best way to get a hold of me. Great. I tell you, it's awesome to see the work that you're doing. I mean, to your point, everyone has, you know, DNI in their in their brain right now. My, my phone has been ringing and people have been talking about this and, and, and they want to do something. That's a good thing. Yep. Right. They want to do something. That's that's a good thing. And it, it's going to happen. It's going to all get better. But you uh, you've been in the social equity. This is so authentic. Uh, your move into this and how you you've done it. And your story is a healing story. And I think that is just beautiful. Um, I really do, Christine. And I really want to thank you for being a part of our conversation today. And uh, please, people, go to mytpd.com and check out a website. There's contact information there. And I want to thank you all for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com, our partner, and uh, a wonderful partner they are. Or subscribe to wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all, all of the po- the portals, the podcast portals. And I'm Vern Davis. I'm the host of Plant Profits. I'm with Produce Global, People Solutions. We are on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all social media. And you can take a look at us, learn more about how we're building companies, our diversity, and how we're changing lives at ProduceGlobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com and until next time enjoy your time enjoy your day be safe be well cheers
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.